0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Every Step Along the Way. Cast our minds back to the win over Millwall. We'll look at all the news that's come out of the club over the international break, and then look ahead to this week's visit from Sheffield United to the Bet365 Stadium. And I am joined here today with Andy. How are you, Andy?
1: I'm alright, mate. Feels weird to be, you know, sitting here back again on a Wednesday night, but it feels good. Yeah, we had a break, didn't we? But we're back. We're back. And,
0: uh, of course, it's not just us two. With the third wheel, he is here. He's not even in the country. So I'll say, good evening, Poland.
2: <laughs> good evening, UK. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: are you, How are you Mike?
2: Oh, Mate, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm absolutely knackered. Um, yeah, there's only an hour's time difference, but... I've just come off the back of a ten, oh no, eleven-hour um, trip to the Zakopane mountains, and I'm absolutely shattered. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay other than that, mate. My legs are hurting. I've been, the I say, I've been the mountains today. I've been the salt mines the other day. I've been to Auschwitz, which was a sobering experience. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a good break, thank you, mate. Uh, how's your COVID doing? You recovered a bit more? Uh,
0: yeah, it was. I was feeling pretty grim. Uh, up until about, I'd say, 48 hours ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've started picking up the last couple of days. I feel a lot better today. So, yeah, thankfully it looks like I'm over the worst of it now. And it'll be, uh, yeah, it's passed again, thankfully. That's so, good, uh, mate. You
2: sound, sound like you've got a bit of a, a croaky voice still, but yeah, you're doing good.
0: Yeah, yeah. My throat still feels like it's been hacked at by somebody with a knife, but there we go. We <laughs> were here. Shall shall we crack on and uh, have a look where the three points went to Stoke City?
2: Yeah, for once, mate, that's nice, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, thought so we we'll just have a video. You know, keep it with the Eurovision theme there. The three points, so uh, yeah, we we I mean we we what a win, a clean sheet. We beat a Gary Rowett team. What? am okay. surprised it's we passion. are dedicated ninety percent of this pod to that match. <laughs>
2: But yeah, mate. We should do. It's probably the last win we'll get this
0: season. So why not? Oh, that's it. The positivity's gone straight out the window, anti <laughs> Tandy.
1: <laughs> mate, you can't. You can't do that. We've had good international breaks, obviously, with the players who have been out there. Jacob, obviously Joe, and then some of the younger lads with, obviously another Joe and Joe Bersick and Howard Bellis. But, mate, you've got to continue the positivity.
2: I mean, I'm trying to be that person. I'm, I'm <laughs> the I'm the third cog in the wheel, apparently. So, considering that's the case, I'm trying to be the person who makes controversy on on a, on a podcast. <laughs> so, I'm going to mention the word Bojan. The fact is rubbish. Um, what, <laughs> to, what else? What else can I was going bring up? So, uh, let's stop there. I think Bojan uh, is enough. I, I'm going to get uh, assassinated at this rate. So, no, I'll, I'll carry on.
0: I think you've done enough.
2: Anyway, putting an advert
0: out here for a new co-presenter. they
2: <laughs> might get better paid than I do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it feels like it was an age ago. This match, does not it, Millwall, but yeah, what? It was quite a comfortable win in the end, really. Once I mean, I know we had a we gave a penalty away in that, but it would have been interesting to see how we if we would have capitulated if that had gone in, but. Done all in all, I thought we were we were. Saying we were quite comfortable. It was quite a professional performance.
2: Yeah, I must admit, mate, it was good to actually see us look dangerous from set pieces again because I think that's one area where you know we thought we saw Mario earlier on in the season. We thought, bloody hell, you know, we've got a player who's going to be dangerous going forward in his general play, dangerous on set pieces. Um, and I mean, no, I I was certainly excited to see how many goals we were going to score from set pieces, but it it was weird. It would kind of just. Even when he was in the team, it kind of faded away. I'm um, not quite sure why, but it's good to see that. I mean, Jacob, again, popping up. He's been brilliant this season. And I'm very intrigued to see where it all finishes in terms of player of the season at this rate. I mean, Jacob's obviously got to be up there. I think Tyman, I'm trying to remember back down to the um, the table that we're, we'll, we'll put out soon. But I'm pretty sure uh, Jacob and Tyman were both up there. Um, yeah, so
0: Timon's about 60 points, which equates to two and a bit of Man of the Match awards. Uh, he's that much clear at the top, and then it, there's only two points separate. I think it's Allen, um, Allen and Vanchic to joint second, and um, Brown's
1: fourth.
2: Ah, okay.
0: And
1: I don't yeah, think you so... can forget Baker getting onto the list of eight already. Yeah, like it just shows how influential a player he is.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. It does, and he's it like, mean. yeah, like Harry Suter is there, like in seventh still, even though he hasn't played since like October.
2: <laughs> just crazy. It's that's nuts, really, isn't it? I mean, does it show just how bad everybody else has been, bar a couple of standout players? It probably mm. does, doesn't it? Really.
0: I think it shows what an influential player he was at the start of the season and how much of a loss he was.
2: Yeah, well, he'll be he'll be coming back, mate. I know he's been. He, he did the article, didn't he? I mean, I've been trying to keep up to date with things this last week, but uh, I know he was in the in the article just saying he's hoping to be back for the first game of the season, and I think it'd be nice for him to recover um, and. Have a full season under his belt with a bit of luck. I think. I think the worst thing we could do is rush him back, and I know he said this himself. But rushing back, get another injury again, and unfortunately, could turn into another Ryan Shawcross, which is the last thing that we need. Um, you know, we we don't need a player with constant injury uh, concerns. Not a player of his quality anyway. So, yeah, think, fingers crossed, mate. But you you were right. I mean, it's it was a good all round overall performance never really looked too much danger I know we had the the penalty but never really looked in in too much danger at all and I think again we mentioned Jacob he could have had two or three goals I think and there was that I must admit again there was that particular goal where he I think he heads it against the post or heads
1: against the keeper yeah for about one yard
2: Um, out about one yard I don't know if that's a good goalkeeping or bad finishing I'm not quite sure
1: he hit the post from one yard out in the front of the boven yeah. end, and we were all like, "Excuse me, how, how, how haven't you scored from there?" But you can score, you know. The header that, to fair, it's a fairly good header from the from the corner. But he was he was disappointed, but it didn't ever like knock his confidence or anything. And that's one thing I think Jacobs really improved on. Throughout, you know, we've obviously had the pandemic and all that with all the football, but he's improved a lot in his ability, and he's showing that you know he's here to stay.
2: Doesn't he remind you of Jonathan Walters?
1: Highly, mate. Messi's
2: sitters of what scores goals he shouldn't.
1: Yeah, but hasn't every striker we've had pretty much since Jonathan Walters been a Jonathan walters S striker?
0: <laughs> in in that respect, yeah, probably have. Um, but I think what reminds me why like the similarities with Walters as well, I think, it comes down to his work rate as well, and to, obviously, and. Even if he's not having the best game with the ball, you know he's always going to be a presence due to that work rate as well. He's always, always going to influence the game with that. Um, even if he's, like, say, not having an off day. Some players, if they're having an off day with the ball, they may as well not be on the pitch. But you know with Brown, he's always going to be harassing and and pushing def- um, defenders and that. And at this level, generally, it causes, it causes mistakes and, and creates chances for us. Let's just win the ball high up.
2: It does, mate. I mean, who who's your player of the season so far, both of you? I think Jacob's got to take it, hasn't he?
1: Jacob maybe. has got to. Obviously, Timon's been influential in moments, but Jake has been influential for pretty much every minute he's been on the pitch. Um, Timon's obviously got a great cross, him. he's had a great two chances, but he can't really play his normal game when he's uh, more of a left-back than a left-wing-back.
2: I think that's the problem if we would have had a settled formation and not changing six players a game then you know it would have also helped but that's a different conversation we're not going to go down the o'neill in, in and out we've already done that on a couple of occasions but yeah no, I mean, a couple
1: of weeks off from that I don't want to do it again we this have. week no, no o'neill for in that, me, but... I,
0: I would say time and personally I think he's been such an attack well such a strong attacking outlet down the left and really come into his own this season and i think just as, as much as brown's improved i think timing's improved tenfold as well he's um unrecognizable from the player he was 12 18 months two years ago um and i think the amount of crosses he's put in really if we had a goal poacher which i assume is why we signed josh Manger in january was that in mind um, and yeah he you know the Balls, he flashes across the six yard box, and that somebody should be getting the toe on them and getting themselves 30 twenty five goals a season off them. <laughs> yeah, I, it was it was amazing. I couldn't believe it when he it was January before he got his first assist. He was top top of the league in chances create, created, and no player in the league created more chances than Josh Josh Tyman. Yet it
1: took him till January for one of his teammates actually put one in the net for him. We seem to have a theme with you know. Top chance creators and the fullbacks or wingbacks because I think it was last season. Tommy Smith was up there, wasn't he? And obviously, oh, he? yeah, this season he's obviously had his confidence. Did remember at the start of the season he had like three assists in three games from free kicks, and oh. since then he's just not really, you know, captured that type of form.
0: It's funny you should mention um, Mario as well before. I know Mike, you said didn't you that you know he thought we should have create, you know, we should have uh, influenced games more this season. Well, I think he. We've got time in who's top of the chances creator. At least he was a while back. I haven't seen any up to date lists. And Mario was like in the top two for um, chances per minute as well, like big chances created per minute on the pitch. I believe Mario is at the top. Yeah, so it's like there's two. (laughs) We've got two like big massive creative players in the side there. it's just a shame that we haven't got, like I say, some sort of goal poacher who can just finish him. I mean, obviously, I suppose that that could be Majer. It could be Campbell when he gets, you know, if if Mario's still sticking around for next season, that could well be Tyrese Country going into next
1: year. If he can get back to his full form and have a good pre-season. Oh, I want to see the Tyrese of old. I think everyone does.
2: Yeah, I think um, people are writing off measure as well. I think for me. We we're not playing to measure the strengths at all. No
0: you know, this at all.
2: lumping it long and expecting him to do something with it. I said it again probably a few months ago now. If you look back at the Sunderland till I die documentary, you see where his goals come from. It's balls into the box, it's balls to his feet in you know the six yards box. That's where he's dangerous. If we're gonna play balls lumping it long, expecting him to hold the ball up and bring people into play. Well, What's the point? Might as well just keep Fletcher on for another year. It, it, it's not his game at all. So if we're going to be playing in a wing-back formation with timing on the left, then brilliant. Stick to it this time. And you know, get the players in who he's confident can can play in that formation. And then that's where I think Major could really shine. He could be that striker that literally finishes those chances. Uh, we, have, we haven't seen Major at all in, in the way that we want him to. And I don't think it's his fault.
1: Yeah, I've um, heard articles and obviously people saying that apparently he wants to return from England after you know his failed spell in France. And if he's got another year left in his contract to Bordeaux, which I think he does, I don't see the pain in you know or the harm in bringing him for another year on loan.
2: What's the whole deal around his transfer though?
1: Got promoted this season, it was an option to buy for three point five million.
2: Right. So obviously that's not going to have to be paid. So yeah, it depends whether we. Whether the letters take him on a loan and we have to pay a nice big loan fee, um, or what? I mean, again, I mean, can O'Neill really say that he knows how good or bad measure, measure is for this team? I don't think he can. So I don't think the club are going to sanction any big loan fees. Although we probably will have the money if we let the likes of Alan and Coco, which I think will be a mistake. But yeah,
1: the only re- the only way Alan's going to stay if he takes that cut that we've all been talking about
2: he will have to. he will have to, mate. There's, there's no player in this team who should be earning fifty-seven grand a week. Absolutely no way. Not even Nick Powell on his best day. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's not.
1: Nick's on around uh, about twenty, it's... isn't he?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I think yeah, yeah, The average wasn't the average wage in the team around fifteen grand now. Yeah. Um, massively, massively reduced. It was down from
1: about yeah. hundred and fifty from the Premier League days.
2: Oh, Christ, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, in terms of um, the again the, the kind of Millwall game, Dan, did we have uh, the man of the match for for Millwall at all?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we uh, I think we've done the Millwall game, haven't we? We don't seem to be <laughs> we seem to be drifting away from it. Um, so yeah, the man of the match what there was uh, two hundred and seventy one votes on the Twitter, which is quite good, quite a large amount. Uh, the four options that were given, Mario Vrancic got 5% of the vote, Joe Allen, 21 Louis Lewis Baker, 27 and Jacob Brown got 47% of the vote.
2: Oh, nice. He's topping it again, is he? Yeah,
1: Brown's closing he... that gap up, isn't he, time
2: He has, mate, and the same old names keep popping up, don't they? Brown, um, Baker, and I'm trying to think of the other one was. Allen again, actually, yeah, so... And it's no surprise that those guys are at the top of that leaderboard, mate, because again, I think we've had a. I think the changing of formations hasn't really helped us. And those three are clearly players that, for me, we need to keep hold of going into next season. Like you said, Andy, if Joe Allen will take his, you know, he's dropping salary, you know, he has to stay. And I'm pretty sure we put a poll out on that as well as to whether he should stay or go. And I think it was unanimous that he should stay if he drops his
1: salary. Is that type of player that if you know you'll know if he goes out the team and if he goes out the club because we've seen it when he's not played this season how influential a player he is when he plays and if he goes, I, I honestly looking at the free agents list and looking at the players at the club that we've got, I don't really see anyone who you know we could really replace him with.
2: Sounds a bit like uh, the old uh, Glenn Whelan that was never really appreciated when he was here. Funny
0: that we're still trying to replace him, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to get the get that job done. Nobody's coming come forward for it yet. Uh, I will say in the comments though, there were um Liam Moore was mentioned a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Bonham as well, obviously saved the penalty. He got a few. Uh, a couple of people said uh,
1: DiMaggio, right Phillips.
0: It was was nice to see DiMaggio back in the side. Yeah,
1: DiMaggio did a lot of running to be fair, made a lot of um you know chances and that just as we know with how Madge has been, he's not really been able to take him because we don't know how to play the ball into.
2: I think the fact that a goal, a goal Stoke City goalkeeper has been mentioned is saving a penalty. He should get a night out, never mind a man of the match.
1: Wasn't <laughs> the last goalkeeper mentioned like Davies when he saved his penalty?
2: Well, when he was playing for the under-14s, hasn't it? has been that long <laughs> It
1: was penalty, only in I mean. December.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a long, long time ago, mate. It
0: does, mate. Uh, right shall we uh, shall we move into the news let's do it why not so yeah I mean the big news that's come out over the international break stoke wise has been financial once again and, and um, I think it's a, well I think it's obviously a positive in respect of the club's financial position Um not been taken 100% as a positive in respect of the fact it's had to be done uh, some supporters very vocal that you know it shouldn't have needed to be doing i'm obviously talking about the 160 million pounds debt that has disappeared from the club's sheets so 120 million of it has been written off and 40 million of it has been converted into shares so Andy, what's your thoughts on this? I'm, you... not,
1: I'm not the biggest person with financial. Um, Obviously, I read about it, but I don't really understand too much about it. But we've so, always said about the owners and that, how they want to, you know, the best for the club, and it appears that that's what they're doing. They're trying the best.
0: Yeah, so basically what it means is that, um, say anything happened to... The club, the Bet Three Six Five, to Peter John, Denise, anyone. Mm-hmm. Those that money now can't be called in as such. So cool. they can now no longer turn around and say, "You owe us one hundred and sixty million pounds," and you know we want it now, or we want this money back. At, you know, in whatever timescale, it's sort of disappeared. Forty million of it's gone into the the actual ownership of the club in shares, and 120 million million's just been written off, like. Cut gone, cut adrift. Um, So for anybody who was maybe looking to invest in the, I'm not saying they're looking for investment, um, but anyone for that scale or any sort of loans or anything like that, obviously we're now a club with minimal debt again.
2: I think to be fair, mate, it was always one of them scenarios where the club were never ever going to come calling for it. Um, Clearly, it's it's a balance sheet. Thing, which I think John Coates has come out today and said it was a balance sheet thing anyway. But um, it the, yeah, you're right, mate. I mean, we we obviously put a, a comment out because we love to comment and be all all contentious, don't we? You know, we, we always uh, we always love to do it. So I, I've just generally made a comment that I think it was a good thing. And you're right, it was it was mixed reviews, mate. I think you know a lot of people really did think it was a a good idea, but there was a lot of people saying, well, we shouldn't have been in that scenario in the first place, and. You know what? Yeah, we probably shouldn't be, but it's not our bloody money. If, if, if the club go and waste that money on their head, be it. You know, again, it's it's 0% interest, unlike all the other clubs in this division. They have not got owners who are just willing to wipe out that debt and just take the take the hit. Yes, they need to improve, whether that's with O'Neal, whether you think it's with O'Neill or not. as It's relevant for, the, for me, this one. They, they need to improve. Um, communication. I think that definitely needs to be better. I think the start of this, obviously, John Coates coming out doing a video for what feels the first time in a very long time. Stuff like that helps because I think there's a, a maybe a bit of. A, I think all the kind of switching and changing. I don't think anyone really knows who's the the head honcho. I think, as far as I'm concerned, I, I believe it's John Coates. But you know, where does Peter fit into it? Where does Denise fit into it these days? Obviously, the COO. You know what? what's the ins and outs of their job going to be. I think there's there's just a little bit of, um, it's unbalanced probably the right word uh, f- for things at the minute? Um, I think it's a good thing, mate. Any time where you can just wipe off a lot of debt um, is, is good enough for me and hopefully they'll learn from their mistakes so we don't have to do it again.
0: Yeah, I think I think as well, they're at the stage now, same as O'Neal, um, they can't win in some people's eyes, no matter what they do. It's like they've been sort of, um, there's been a bit, of, they've been slated a bit, saying everything's cloak and dagger, everything's done behind the, the scenes and they don't keep anyone, they don't keep us in the loop. We don't know what's going on. Um, so he sits down, five, six minute interview, explains, just comes out, talks about that, talks about a couple of other things, the investment that's going on. It's not the it's not be all and end all, but it's a start. And then you get, I've seen a load of people commenting on saying like, it's uh, propaganda and PR or season ticket sales must be down. I'm like, but isn't this, like they can't win, can't, they a no-win situation. <laughs> They're criticised either way by the same people who criticise them regardless of what they do.
2: It's one of them things, mate, let's face, again, I, I said this before, and people, again, people agree, people, people disagree, but if you take the Coates family out of this situation, whether you think they're doing a good job or not, you just see how far we will fall, because th- there's, how many owners around this city are Stoke City fans with millions and millions ready to throw away without the actual anticipation of making any money? Because the Coates family aren't thinking about this club as a as a money-making club right now absolutely not there's no way they can do you can't lose 50 million quid a season or 50 million quid every three so whatever the hell it ends up being you can't do that at pretty much any other club because it's all given you know it's owed back to the owner you have to keep paying this owner back and like you said if we ever came to the time where we had to sell the club or whatever it is you know legally it's not enforceable to ask for that money back so i don't know mate i just i just see the other side where I've seen this in the lowest divisions. I remember that was a bit crap. You know, we yes, we we got we got lucky. They came back. They had money. They're not perfect by a long chalk, but you name me another investor with those criteria I've mentioned: Multi-millions to waste, an owner, uh, a owner of the club who loves the club and loves you know loves Stoke City in general. Name me somebody else who's got that, and I'll and I'll go with you for a new owner. But until that happens, I think you're absolutely crazy considering anybody else.
0: Yeah, the thing is, they—they're local. They've—they've they've got the club at heart. They are actual If—if st- if there's bad decisions being made or things have gone wrong, it's not. There's no sort of underhand tactics going on where they're trying to exploit something for their own benefit. It's just that things haven't worked out as planned. That's all. Do you know what I mean? It,
2: yeah, they're not—they're not changing the red and white stripes like like uh, Buddy Cardin yeah. tried to do with their strip. They're not trying to anything. Contentious like that, are they?
0: No. Right. Moving on. <laughs> um, Douglas James Taylor's got himself a loan move. He's gone to Fylde for the rest of the season, hasn't he? Good, good move, Mike.
2: Yeah, I think so, mate. I mean, he's been absolutely smashing up. We talked about him the other week, didn't we? About whether he should have a chance mm-hmm. in um, the first team, and I think I would have preferred just to see what he could do. But you know, you you've got to trust that he's. He can do maybe do a bit of a Tyrese, go on loan, um, you know, shine it, in, in filed, and just make a bit of a name for himself, and hopefully come back next season. Whether they feel he's ready, clearly they don't feel he's ready. Or else he would have stayed with us, but um, yeah, absolutely, mate. Wasn't it like 20 goals in 25, or am I am I making that up? Um, um,
0: yeah, I think it was, quite, 15, it was quite good. 16 and 21, I think. For, for 16 I've got and 21. My
2: head. I mean, that I think obviously it'd be a real test for him. I think Championship is a big, big division to jump into from from that level of football. So uh, yeah, I think go out on loan, make a name for yourself, and come back next season, prove yourself in the preseason, and hopefully, um, you know, him and the likes of Tezgal uh, can hopefully start to make it a bit of an impression. Because if you can get those two coming through with the you know the, the kind of goal ratios like that. Um, it could be very exciting, mate, to be honest.
0: Indeed. So I'm just going to ask you both now, I'm going to run through a couple of polls that you put up, Mike, um, to keep us okay. entertained over the, uh, the international break. So number one, Nick Powell, renew or replace? Andy?
1: Renew. Mike?
2: Oh, just about renew, mate, and that's only because I can't think of anyone else who can come in and do his job but uh, i'm going to caveat that with if he can't stay fit he's got to go probably in january
0: okay well 223 votes 70% said renew 30% said replace um i'd like to know who we're replacing him with if we're going to replace him <laughs> Uh, So, moving on, next one With the contract of Joe Allen finishing the season One question, if he dropped his wages in line with the rest of the squad Would you keep him, yes or no? Mike? Easy yes
1: Andy? It's the easiest one of the bunch you've got to renew it
0: Yes, from me, 82% said yes 18% said no I want
1: to know who those 18% are
0: So, yes Over four and five think he should stay Which I think it's probably the most popular Joe Allen's been in his tenure at this club, I reckon, Do You?
2: Yeah, he should take that, mate, because he's not going to get a, another vote like that again. <laughs> um,
0: uh, just to round off the news as well, the under-23s, that was, they entered the break with five wins in a row, but we had a few international call-ups and obviously Douglas James Taylor went out alone, um, so they ended up losing 4-0 to Norwich and then they lost 2-0 to Stafford Rangers' his first team in midweek uh, in the semi-finals of the Staff Senior Cup. So, yes, there was no Emery Tezgalli either. He was on England international duty. So, yeah, the, uh, I think they were missing a bit of potency up front without them two. Um, yeah. yeah, me so, and yeah.
1: Mike um, had a check of the goals which Stafford Rangers scored, and it's just shown that oh, Blondie is never going to make it into that first team for Stoke. His his positioning was awful. So, first goal... Go on to Stephan Rages on Twitter. First goal's a cross coming in. He reaches up for it. Doesn't get to it. It goes in. Second goal, it's passed and he's probably on the edge of the box with a player about 30 yards out and he gets lobbed. Sounds great.
2: (laughs) Pretty embarrassing and we wonder why he didn't make it when he went out on loan.
1: So, from what we heard about from Crawley, he might be an alright guy off the pitch, but... On the pitch, he needs to work on a lot.
0: Well, he may have the chance to um, redeem himself this week because they've got two big away games. They've got Aston Villa away on Friday, kicking off at 7, and Nottingham Forest away on Monday, kicking off at 1 o'clock. So, yeah, we're just inside the playoffs still as well. We've got a game in hand on a lot of teams around us, Um, so we could do with picking up up points in both of them games just to... Keepers because I know he's very tight around there. And who knows, we may even be getting promoted this season with the under 23s. Uh yeah. At the, least
2: one of the teams are.
0: <laughs> the under 18, they haven't had a game over the break. And the last time they played was the Friday before the international break. They do 2 2 uh, with Newcastle. Uh Emre Tescal getting a double. Um but this week they return to action, they're away at Blackburn. On Saturday with an 11 a.m. kickoff, and uh, Stoke City women they lost 3 1 at Burnley on Sunday, and this week they've got a massive home game against Loughborough Lightning, kicking off at 2 p.m. at the Emery Stadium.
2: It's probably worth mentioning for anyone who has not uh, quite. Uh, listen just yet. We've uh, we had a couple of specials didn't we make during the international break, so um, if anyone hasn't got the notifications on whatever app you've got, uh, we had a a, a one to one with uh, with Lou Roberts, didn't we from the Stoke City coaching team? We did,
0: yes. First team coach, yeah, she she was really good once year, and that came out on Monday, and then we did have we did have some great guests and a great um, conversation, didn't we, going on on the uh, the special the first part of that as well that came out on the Friday, um, with a whole host of different women women talking about their uh, sort of experiences in football and that.
2: Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed it, mates. Yeah, you know, we didn't want it to turn into the, um, you know, uh... <sighs> I'll say it, an anti-male podcast. You know, It wasn't meant to be like that. It was very much a wanting to experience how, how women had seen it. And you know what the, the overall, and I don't want to spoil it because if anyone wants to go back and, and listen to it, but the overall feeling was at Stoke the ladies are not experiencing any issues. Um, it seems to be very much a social media thing which is no big shock with keyboard warriors these days. Um, but yeah, if anybody is is not listened to either of them, definitely go back and listen to them. They're not too long um, and they're, they're really, really interesting. As well as a little seven-year-old Sophie, who uh, I must admit, mate, I enjoyed Sophie's section. That was quite good.
0: Yeah, she's, uh, she's fantastic, really. She's seven years old and um, certainly made me think as well. Like I say, I'd not even noticed about the the lack of like I'd say bins and stuff until I knew what she was doing. Sort of took more of a vested interest myself into seeing sort of like, you know, the rubbish and everything that's that's lying around the ground and um it's a bit of an eye opening when you actually go when you're actually looking for it and you see it. it's it's uh, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit um, upsetting really that they've got a seven year old girl going around cleaning up after twenty thousand grown adults.
2: Yeah. Oh well. Never mind. At least she's doing something about it, and hopefully now uh, the mayor will do something about it with a bit of luck with the local council. So we'll see. And was, I thought actually. Yeah, I don't know give too much way, but I thought it was quite amusing how the council wrote to her to thank her <laughs> instead of actually just dealing with the bloody issue themselves. But never
0: yeah, mind. That, I think I said that myself. Then to do uh, thank you for doing our job for us. Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, sorry to interrupt Dan, But yeah, definitely go back and uh, and listen to that if you haven't already.
0: Bro, shall we get into the uh, Sheffield United game? I think we shall. Go on them. So I've not got many stats for you today. I apparently's going to pull me out of the bag. Covid has uh, <laughs> he's hit me preparation for this one. Covid didn't obviously be new, the new baby. Keep me busy. Um. But yes, the 2 0 win over Millwall was only our second win in ten home league matches, which is a bit depressing. Uh, Sheffield United have got no win in four away games; their last away win coming on the fourth of February. And the head-to-head at Stoke doesn't look very good either, to be honest. Um, there's a load of draws in it, so they seem to be. You know, whenever we play them at home, we we sort of either losing or drawing. I think we've only beaten them once in the last like thirty years at home. <laughs> um, I'll just pause. I did this, but out. But I'll just count up how many draws they work for one, one,
1: two.
0: So, yeah, in the, in the last 11 games played at Stoke, which dates back to 1990, we've won one, drawn seven and lost three. So they seem to enjoy their uh, trips up to the, uh, the, <laughs> the the neck end of the potteries, don't they? <laughs> I wonder if they've got a good record at Vale as well from that time.
1: We We, we will find out. So on to mine, obviously Stoke have won only one of their last 11 home league games against Sheffield United with seven draws. And the last time we did beat them was in March 2005, the 2-0 win. Um, since following their 2-0, 2-1 winner in October against Stoke, Sheffield United are looking for a league double over Stoke for the first time since 1996-97. Um Going on about our winless run and how many games we've won, we ended our eight-game winless run with a 2-0 win over Millwall last time, out as we know, and um, we haven't won a back-to-back league game since a run of three in last November. Um, no side has won more championship points than Sheffield United since Paul hagginbottom took charge and, of his first game in November um, with Fulham and um, only the team scoring more times than the Blades in that time. Um, Since Lewis Baker's first championship start for Stoke in January, only Andreas Weiman, who has um, 11 goal contributions, has been involved more than Baker, who has um, seven goals and two assists. And Mitrovic in that time has only scored more than Baker with one. Going on to their injury news, um, they have six key players and eight in total out-injured, including Charlie Good, uh, Ben Davies, Billy Sharp, George Bulldog, David McGoldrick, uh, Jaden Bogle, Rian Brewster, and Jack O'Connell, who has been out since September 2020.
2: Well, i make, I'm cracking stats, but did you just say that the last time we won back to back was November? Did you seriously just say that?
1: Yes, right, I compl- back to back yeah. league games. Yeah.
2: Jesus Christ.
1: And that was that when is we had a run of awful. three. So if if I have a quick look here in November, (laughs) it's April now. So that says something. So that was when we, I said November, didn't I? Yeah, we we beat Blackpool, Blackpool, Luton, and then Peterborough. And then obviously we lost to Bristol. Fantastic state, (laughs) to That was really the start of the downfall, wasn't it? It was when me and Andy
2: went to Blackpool.
0: We like to see. We seem to like sharing strikers with Sheffield United as well. We so I'm just going to throw five names off. You Now these are off the top of my head: um, Paul pesky Solido, Bruce yeah. Dyer, Richard Cresswell, James Beattie, and Adi Akinbay. They all played for Sheffield United and all played for Stoke.
1: Tell you what, of we do know one player who play well should be playing for Sheffield United, but hasn't kicked the ball for him. Who signed for them in January? I yes. think he got a first team place in this team, either.
0: Uh, it was wages, wasn't he? That's why he yeah. left. You. It, but, that that's the thing. The manager can't keep. Yeah, you know, manager can't just keep whoever he wants. Yeah, in respect, he's got a. He's juggling the squad. He's juggling. Um, the wage bill, and you know, this player might be the best goalkeeper we've got, but is it justifiable? Is he that far ahead of Joe Bersick or whatever? To or even in the manager's eyes, is he ahead of Joe Bersick to just enough to justify the wages he's on?
1: Yeah, Barely obviously, it made room for some good players, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. well,
0: yeah. Um, we have got some uh audio. So this is Johnny from Shoreham View, Sheffield United podcast, and these are his thoughts on the game.
3: Hello to everybody at Every Step Along the Way, this is Johnny from Sheffield United channel, the Shoreham View. Been asked to do a quick recording, just saying ah, I think the weekend's going to go and watch what Sheffield United been playing like. That's a very, very loaded question. When players are fit, when players are on the stride, we look unbeatable. The slightest confidence knock or the three billion injuries we've got. I've been injuring performances and we've been grinding out the results we've got. Other than the Borough game where everybody was just on fire. Uh, Lately we've, we've hit some heavy defeats away at Coventry. We only got the draw at Blackpool. A good win against Barnsley but we didn't look at his best by a long shot. We've got so many players missing that it's untrue to be honest. Billy Sharp now looking to be injured and even at what age is he now? 78? He's still the best goal scorer we've got. One of the best in the division by far, even at his age. How do I see the game going? Well, we've got the likes of George Baldock on the way back, so that will give us some more options to try and strengthen up his defence. It's a difficult one to call. Away away at your place, it's never easy. Um, the biggest thing with us is, if we turn up and we're on it, we'll give anybody a game at any ground. But we are suffering, as I said, with injuries and I just can't see anything past a 1-1 draw.
0: Cheers for that, Johnny. Uh, very much appreciated. Uh, yeah, it sounds like us from between like October and January, isn't it? Crippled with injuries.
2: Yeah, welcome to the club.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it gets better, Johnny. Don't worry. We're, we're there now. We're so Yeah, it
1: doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah, change. we're just it's about it's... recovering from it.
0: Yeah, it, it, it does get better. But, um, yeah, if it's anything like us, the season will be over by the time it does.
2: <laughs> I know I'm actually feeling quite positive about the weekend um I haven't got a flipping clue why so I was going to go for a 2-1 win Dan personally um yeah. I think Sheffield are a good side I think we'll definitely concede uh I've just got a feeling we might have a little bit of momentum behind us from from Millwall um play the same team versus Millwall I mean, me and Andy spoke mm-hmm. previously around you know team line-ups and stuff like that, and the fact that Howard Bellis played right back, but um, I don't know whether I prefer him there or Tommy Smith, to be honest. Or even Wilmot at the moment. Or even
1: Wilmot, I mean... Yeah. Howard Bellis, I thought, was a lot more attacking than Wilmot is as well, and I uh, know, Wilmot and Harwood Bellis there at the moment, and keeping and Tommy Smith out the side just shows something about what Tommy Smith's going on. Maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about.
2: Maybe he's asked for a new contract. We've gone no, sorry, mate. You you going at the end of the season. And that like, "Well, sod this then. I can't be bothered." Could be as simple as, simple as that, couldn't it?
0: Yeah. It could it could but, be the same? What you're saying with Adam Davis, the manager might think, "Yeah, yeah, you currently are my favoured right back, but I don't think you, you just enough. To, you don't, you're not far enough ahead to justify the extra wage on." That's saying he is wow. on. Me. We don't know what wages on, do we? But,
2: I think he was reported twelve grand a week.
0: I don't think that's
1: success. He's it? lower than the average. So
2: yeah, I don't think I don't think it's too much at all. I think you know? the only big big payers are Joe Allen, Nick Powell, and I'm trying to think. Um,
1: I think Lucas is still Lucas is on around about thirty. I think,
2: which is crazy, isn't it? I mean, I, I know we're not kind of going back there too much, but what's it been with Lucas this season? He's been completely frozen out,
1: hasn't he? He's... Mate, I don't don't know, He's obviously as we know he's shown his quality while he's been here he had that season where he was our top scorer from centre midfield and I don't know, it just looks like he hasn't got any confidence about him this season I think obviously there's been rumours as of recent on what's gone on with the youngsters and things like that and that's why he's been frozen out of the team but he's hardly played this season really, hasn't he?
2: I can only think maybe as well, mate, maybe there's something in his contract where he, if he plays a certain amount of games, he gets an extension. I mean, the guy's 31 now, he's 32 this year. Don't look at maybe, that, does he? <laughs> well, he doesn't, but maybe they just don't want to extend it. It You just don't know what happens you know, behind the scenes, do you? You do really not, don't. But I think it's safe to say that if, if we can get rid of him at the end of this season, he'll probably be gone. He'll so.
1: free up a lot of wages as well for, obviously, free transfers that we love to do.
2: Yeah, and there's, a, there's a lot of them out there. Let's let's raid oh. the Derby team for Tom Lawrence and, and
1: I, I I spoke to you about that free agent list, in and there's so many players on there which have got top quality, but the wages would just be way too high.
0: It's like you know, there's a lot of players I think who are worth a phone call on that free, but a yeah. lot of them may may well look and go, no no thanks Stoke, i my sights are a little higher.
3: Yeah. You have
0: somebody like a Jed Wallace. Uh, John Swift, people that are, I th- I'd love to sort of get one of them through the door, but at the same time, like I say, I think
1: they'll be looking at the you know, bottom end of the Premier League. Yeah. Like, for example, if you've... There's a lot of players that Fulham are out of contract, for example, a main player who's been for them this season, Sean Mikhail Seri, would be great to be in the team, but he's on sixty five grand a week, which is more than Joe, Allen. he will not take a cut one bit.
0: Uh well i th- i think as well that we these are the kind of t- teams that we we like to play aren't they yeah you know, we we don't like teams that sit back and i don't think there's any chance that Sheffield united are going to come and sit back against us they need to win um because the playoffs you know it's that tight into in and around the top 6 so they need you know they're going to come near, knowing that they need to win and get three points they'll be on the front foot and I think it'll lead to a good game and a game that we'll that we as a team will probably enjoy playing. And I think I'll, like I like say our troubles come when teams sit back and then hit us on the break. And I think that's been the issue you know in the the four seasons that we've been in the championship is that we we don't seem to be able to cope with teams breaking on us at all. Um, sort of a lack of pace one there was a severe lack of pace in and around the squad for a long time. Uh, it's a lot. I think it's actually a lot better now in that respect. But there's still teams know what you know. That especially with the with the if we're playing with wing backs, they know that they've got gap where the gaps are going to be, don't they? And they just hit you know, put the balls over the top of the you know, wait for the wing back, commit himself forward, and then just bang it is on that side.
2: Sounds to me, mate, that you're going for uh, a relatively comfortable. Stoke City win
0: there from your tone. Uh, I wouldn't say it was. I think I think there'll be plenty of entertainment. <laughs> um, which at this, at this stage of the season, after the, uh, we're in the room we've had, I think is uh, possibly the the main thing we can hope for is a bit of entertainment, even if it's like you know, a two two draw or something. I think as long as it's people. Yeah, you know, I've seen. I remember we walked out against Fulham. And we lost 3-2 and there was people talking to each other. So I really enjoyed that game. That was really it you know, we'd lost, but the they were you know, people you could hear mutterings and people t- saying to each other, that was really good, that was. I really enjoyed that. They played well. And I think that's what they need. They need that type of performance on Saturday. Just to back up um obviously the Millwall, Millwall game. They sort of like I say, they were professional there, they ground it out, they, they did the did the dirty work, got it done. Um, yeah. So, yeah, to me, I think if I'm going to put my neck on the line, I'd say we are going to sneak it 2-1. Oh, you're going with me, are you? I'll I am, yeah. Um, what about yourself, Andy?
1: I'm going to make it a full house. Keep it with my consistent 2-1 that I always go with. And obviously, like we mentioned about the team, I don't really think there's any reason to really change it around. Um, I think Bonham showed his class against Millwall and we've we've discussed on maybe the reasons why O'Neill's playing him maybe he's trying to see whether he can do a job at number two next season if Bursic does get injured but he has really shown his class at the moment
0: Yeah, he has he's, um, he's, he's, he's doing well he saved the penalty last time out but there is certain, I think, there's certain limitations to his game in there which are apparent, and I think you just maybe you've got to build a defence that say you know that that makes that keeps him away from that, so that does that part of the job for him. And then obviously, I think his shot stopping is pretty good, so if you've got defenders that will sort of probably defend a bit deeper, I think that's what he's used to, and that's what plays to his strengths. Um, and then any shots that get past them, he's you know a good shot stopper to can do that. I think he sort of he 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 strikes me as somebody who does like to come and try and claim crosses, but I always feel there's a drop in there when he does. There if you two get the same yeah. feeling?
2: I'd, yeah, I do, mate. I still I still don't feel confident watching him play. I'll be honest. Um, I still think we need number three as well. I, I, incredible number two I, I still don't see him as a number two mate yeah I, I don't know Bursic has got to be number one although and i think if he doesn't get assurances he's gonna be number one next season um i think he's gonna force a move through in the summer um and probably rightly so for his own career um so I think joe will definitely be number one um we obviously fielding hasn't even played for the club so and he never was going to let's be honest was he um well, he's, but yeah he's still
1: to a... He's been out on loan himself, hasn't he? To Salford for two games, he? Mm. Conceded two goals, had two wins. And I didn't realise that he isn't as old as what I thought. He's only about, I know he's like mid 30s, but I thought he was about 40 odd. I did. He's not on your, you you won't be on his Christmas card list. (laughs) Uh, I think I'll be all right.
0: Um, So, yeah, so obviously, yeah, we also. We've given our predictions. We've got a full house of two-one wins. Uh, the man, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Graham McGarry. Let's listen to what his prediction is for Saturday.
4: Hi there, you Potter's podcast people. Hello there, it's Graham McGarry back again after the international break. hope you enjoyed your little breather from your football. This is Graham McGarry with that Potter's prediction. Let's hope we get it right this weekend. Stoke City two. Hull City nil. Stoke one, West Brom nil. Stoke are ready to win at home. 2-0 for the Potters. Hi there, you Potters predictors. Welcome back after your international break as you get ready for your final run in the Championship. A very interesting game coming up at the weekend, of course, against playoff hopeful Sheffield United how great it would have been if Stoke were in that position challenging for a playoff place. But it's not going to be this season, so Michael O'Neill will be hoping the side that he picks can just start a run towards the end of the season and get some real positive results to send that massive home following away into the summer with a lot of hope to come for next season. But a real difficult game. Sheffield United, as I say, done really well since Paul to took over the reins and they looked destined for the playoffs. But can Stoke... Spoil a bit of a party coming up at the weekend with a large travelling Sheffield United fans coming to Stoke on trend. Fingers crossed they can. Tight game. Stoke one, Sheffield United nil. So, we've heard from
0: Graham. Thanks for that, Graham. By the way, we've had a little chat off air, and we've only we've only got one thing to say really, have we, lads? All aboard Will- the party
1: playoff push.
2: I can't. I can't wait to order that buzz, mate.
0: The Red Bulls coming We'll come have back now. to
1: this at the end of the season, won't we? And we'll be sitting in sixth before the playoffs or fifth, like we've said. Okay, we, the games we that we could giddy. take points off: Blackburn, uh, Middlesbrough, Coventry, West Brom, Sheffield United, and QPR. In, in ten minutes.
0: In ten minutes, Andy went from throwing stats around about not winning back-to-back games <laughs> since November
1: to saying we're going to win twelve in a row. <laughs> It's a stoked thing to gotcha. do. That's the saying, it's a stoked thing to do.
2: You know, it's far too far too This is now 10-12 to 12 in Poland, mate. And, uh, you know, things are getting a bit awry when we start talking about bloody promotion pushes with a 12-point gap. Never mind.
1: <laughs> Did we think we were going to beat Nottingham 4 Was it 4-1 that time when they wanted to go up and keep them down? No. Yes. We didn't think that was going to happen, so why can't playoffs still happen?
0: Well we had we had James McLean then. And if ever you need a player to piss on somebody else's chips <laughs> I James love that is your man. Yeah. um but yeah I think like I say I think the the um obviously the Sheffield United audio that we got there obviously said mentioned you know Johnny there mentioned about Billy Sharp, didn't he said you know he's still the best striker they've got, still the best finisher. Probably one of the best in the division still as well. So, yeah, I think we need to uh, keep him quiet. Do you think Jaggi out he was injured. Do so you think they'll have the, the work cut out
1: on Saturday? I, I believe Billy Sharp's injured, mate. <laughs> winner, winner. Yeah, he's got injured before the international break. So, if he heads back, they, w- they won't chuck him straight in with... I don't want to sound mean, but he's not exactly a young striker, is he? He's 36. Yes. But... He's one of those players that you bring him off the bench and he can put in a massive shift and you know show exactly what he's got.
0: Well, he's not the uh, record championship goal scorer for no reason, is he?
1: <laughs> no. Not in the same season, though. That was taken over this season by none other than Aleksandra Mitrovic, who hasn't really shown his form as of late. <laughs> no.
0: Ivan, T- Ivan Tony held that, held that record last season. So that's the, that's what you have to do to win to get out of the division. Yeah. Get a striker who can score you 30 plus goals now.
1: <laughs> I know we're not going on about Fulham, but he does have a goal a game in the championship. You take him up last season in the Premier League. Three and twenty seven. We can hope, mate. We can hope. It could be Tyree's here with his next
0: eight games, ten games.
1: <laughs> mate, Major just has an absolute stonking performance. Every game. <laughs> double hat trick each game. Sorted
0: all of a sudden realises that Josh and does keep putting these balls in across the box. Right, well, Mike, I think we best let you get back to your holiday. We'll just have a shorter one maybe this week. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been good, mate. Thank you for taking your time out from your uh, trip to Poland to come and speak to us both.
2: It's quite all right, mate. I can, uh, it's now, I think, what, 12 o'clock, so... I can go go back to sleep. I've got a, a busy day ahead of me. I'm going to Oscar schindler's uh, factory tomorrow so should see how uh, how that go mate but um yeah no it's been it's been good uh, the first uh, obviously I think now yeah this is the first time I think any of us have been abroad doing a podcast so um I reckon that Dan you need to go to Finland next week um Andy, you In can two weeks set- time I' Andy. To go over. You you can go to help the Ukraine effort, mate. So you you, you, Gladly, you can pull mate. your finger out, Gladly. do something useful for once, and you know they they really don't need you know what what you call it um people who can well I think lifeguards they don't need lifeguards but you know make yourself useful and put good put, you know pull your finger out. So I want to have podcasts from three different countries next week.
1: All right, we'll do so.
2: All right, mate.
0: I think I'll, I'll get. I think I could possibly go Chester for you, maybe.
1: On the border of Wales. Yeah. You know, I, I, my dad's up in Aberdeen. I'll I'll go up to him.
2: There you go. <laughs> well, pull, pull your finger out anyway, and I'll uh, I'll speak to you all next week anyway. Right, take
1: care. See you in a bit. Cheers. Three more points for the Potters. Promotion push.